Hey, you're back. I am back. I forgot to turn off the fan. Wait. <laughs> Let the sweating begin. Oh, no. I am back. <laughs> it's good to be back. The trip was great. We spent a whole week at the beach. I didn't know I had it in me to spend, like, go every day, go to the beach. I've never been a beach person. <laughs> and every single day at the beach and stay at the beach, like, the whole day. Mm. Sometimes I would be there, like, as early as 8 a.m., and I would stay there until, like, 5, 6 p.m. I'm shocked. Wow. Every day? Every single day, from Monday to Saturday. Wow. That's commitment. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's not much else you can do, mm. like, in that part of town. I see. Uh, not town, the, the country. And anything else would involve a car ride. Finn hates cars. He's such an Amsterdam baby. He can only ride bikes. Uh, <laughs> he prefers bikes. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So it would be a whole thing. And so the beach was just easy. Like, yeah, just go to the beach and let the kid, like, just free-range kid, you know, at the beach. You can just let, let him go. <laughs> so I guess it was easy. It was, like, really just to relax. Mm. So that was nice. And then the trip back was pretty chill so yeah we're back and then i think only when i was back i realized that i was rested because during the trip i was still a bit stressed out so i didn't really feel rested only after like oh okay that was good right like i'm reaping the benefits now (laughs) okay that's good so yeah so you don't feel like you need another vacation right after your vacation uh well see devs told me this like she heard it somewhere that someone said that like when you have kids you don't have vacation (laughs) you have trips right i see so and that feels very true like with a kid with a baby especially like it's not really a vacation and at least not in the same sense as before it's a trip it's a thing you do and sure it's like it breaks the routine and the habit and sometimes it is a bit more relaxing than your day-to-day routine but Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like a vacation like i used to before (laughs) right so it's different but still positive it was nice yeah all right did you go somewhere or no did i go somewhere i did uh, hang gliding i don't know if we've talked about that okay how was that that was amazing dang that was so much fun uh i highly recommend it if you're not scared of heights i think it's a like great sort of bucket list type thing to do i'm certainly gonna do it again because it was just like so fun nice and i found that it was even better than uh, skydiving because skydiving it's a much more linear path <laughs> That you're taking let me just say <laughs> straight down it's much, i find it much faster um going down versus the hang lighting you're actually it's more like you're flying like a bird and it's absolutely incredible i'm like a bird yeah were you singing nelly Furtado the whole time <laughs> i was how did you know <laughs> oh, but yeah it was absolutely great so uh, yeah it was really awesome so you've done both i have done both yeah i've done skydiving a couple years ago interesting which is also really fun again i'm not scared of heights so i like doing these kinds of things but yeah it was great see as i get older i get more scared of doing stuff uh <laughs> more anxious well you have a son you have to stay alive but <laughs> okay now now i have yeah yeah <laughs> until a year ago no excuses now yeah everything goes yeah no but like i'm not afraid of heights there's a the podcast but it's i'm afraid of like dying (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) i'm afraid of the complications Uh, not the height itself but i still want to do it i think i've been there's always that tiny element but um i mean this feels safe ish like we asked and the the instructor said uh, he had done 600 i don't know how you call them like flights with no accidents (laughs) 
So we're like, that's a good track record. Yeah, no, that would calm me down. That would, yeah, we're like one in six hundred. I was like, okay, that seems fine. Yeah, <laughs> and then all you you got to do, he repeated like five times. Like the most important thing is you just run, and you just like never stop running. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically like you basically like run off a cliff, and then it was like after that. I take care of everything. You don't have to worry about anything. The only thing you got to do, got to run. <laughs> so as long as you can run, then you're fine. Arguably the hardest part. Because like it's, you know, it's you, your body, your instincts are telling you like, oh, please stop, 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 stop. No, there's a cliff. So stop. So, you know. That- yeah, that is the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. As long as you keep running, you're fine. Well, good. I've uh, skydiving. I've demoted it from bucket list it's on the like it'd be nice list right so if i don't get to it before i die it's fine but i would still like to do it you know so maybe that is maybe easier yeah i think you should do both but at the same time (laughs) honestly for me (laughs) but honestly for me hang gliding was actually more fun interesting no that's good i mean there's a couple like different trade-offs so i think the hang gliding is actually probably also easier for someone who doesn't feel super comfortable Mm -hmm. because i actually think that just running towards the end of the cliff is actually easier than jumping out of a plane yeah (laughs) it's a more natural like you don't really think about it there's not a moment where you're jumping like you just keep going and then you're in the air it's like a smooth transition from one to the other whereas jumping off a plane there's that extra moment of like oh god we're doing this (laughs) which is a a special kind of feeling yeah and you have the whole plane ride to like reevaluate your choices (laughs) exactly do i actually want to do this exactly (laughs) uh okay and now this is good uh, experience. This is good feedback. I, I love to do it one day. It does sound fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Compare that to just laying down on the beach a whole week. Very different experiences. Cool. All right. So what are we talking about today, Kevin? Yeah. I mean, did anything happen today? Hmm. You launched something. Yeah, we did launch something. We soft launched something. <laughs> okay. You, you're going to have to tell me what's the difference between a soft launch and a launch launch. <laughs> good question. Here's how I see it, okay? For a launch launch, something is out, available to everyone, and you make a big marketing and like press push behind it, and you try to get a big of a bang as you can, right? Because you only, quote, have the one launch, right? Mm-hmm. You can't launch it again, like it's out. So that is what I consider a big launch. And this is not what we've done now. We're calling it early access because... We don't want to call it beta because also Apple doesn't like if you have calling an app that you have out in the app store a beta. Yeah. That's what test flight is for. And it, it, it does feel different. Like it's, it's we're opening it up way more people, uh, way different uh, scope than we were doing it before. And the reason why like doing that now, and again, we're not doing any marketing thing besides us tweeting about it, which is what we've done today. Mm. We don't plan on doing anything really because that's not the point. The point for us is we need to validate a lot of these concepts and ideas and we need to reach out to creators and uh just other users and experiment and hear their feedback let them in the app like you know this is the work we've been doing now and the work we want to do before the big launch because i can think of a lot of other apps in our in the same area that we are in in where maybe it was like a lot of hype too big of uh, like a, a lot of noise and then it launches and then it kind of goes away like it didn't work out mm-hmm. turns out the app was not compelling enough or like it was the wrong idea or something we want to avoid that a little bit uh, especially now with like where 
it is slightly like new concepts, right? It's not a clone of something else. It's not a, just another thing. Yeah. So anyway. Hey, who knew you could make something new without cloning something else? <laughs> Very novel idea. Yeah, I thought, uh, I know Instagram was uh, proving the opposite. But so uh, we were already on test flight. Uh, but we found that test flight is a bit too nerdy, too big of a barrier of entry for like non-tech folk. And so I think that was hurting us a little bit. And so we've decided to open up a bit more. And so we're we're calling it early access for lack of a better word. What that means is that like it's on the app store, the website is up and everything is accessible. But if you download the app and you sign up, you'll see a wait list. You'll be on a wait list. And we try to make that wait list, the experience of being in a wait list as fun as we could. Yeah. But you know, it's still a wait list. It's boring like you, you kind of get blocked you know in the app but you know what hmm. i'm lucky enough that i got an invite mm-hmm. i mean i must know someone or something uh <laughs> right <laughs> but i almost wish i was on the wish list because i saw people posting about the the wait list and how cool like the ui was and i was like hey that's not fair <laughs> If you want, I can give you the waitlist again. <laughs> I can hit a button and like revoke your invitation. It will be in a waitlist and then I can give you a new one. If you want to go through that. But anyway. No, that's fine. <laughs> well, unless you're going to give me another invite. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you another invite quick. Because we're already in. Like, I'm not going to send you to the back of the line. <laughs> yeah, but so that the whole waitlist thing, I think we've talked about it. I've tweeted about it. Like, I've been pretty open about the designing and the building of that experience. But so there's roughly, like we started, we launched with roughly a thousand people on a waitlist. And so there's like three ways you can go go you can get in you can either wait and we're gonna like every day we're gonna send out a bunch of invites mm. if you know someone like everyone who was already in like before yet today uh, we've sent two invites for every user so people have two invites and we plan on sending more or like if you really want more reach out i can give you more but like people can invite other people uh you know just like dribble or something <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah and then there's like a third secret way which is not very secret if you follow me on twitter but like there's a third way of skipping the waitlist and getting in which i'm not going to spoil because it's part of the fun but you know it's not i mean i've literally tweeted about it so it's a secret that people have to find sure (laughs) yeah so there's ways and uh yeah so today we did that we launched it in this capacity it's been pretty fun i'm seeing a lot of people go through the waitlist and not a lot of invites going out so a lot of people are (laughs) discovering the secret (laughs) uh which is fine it's there for a reason it's okay i'm not mad about that Uh but it's been fun so a lot more people join today and you know as we build a social network kind of like a platform Getting more people in, like, that's the whole point. And it, it really changes the experience of using the thing, like more content, more interaction and whatever. So it's been fun just to observe and to see how people are using this. And yeah, so for, like, effectively, this feels like this is the beginning, right? I think for a lot of people, especially if you work for a long time on something before shipping, the shipping feels like the destination, right? Mm. Like that's the goal, the end. And so I think also for that reason is it's hard to ship something that you'd feel like it's not perfect, right? Because again, it feels like you only have that one opportunity and there's like the end of the road kind of. Right. And I I definitely still feel this, right? Like, <laughs> you know, that whole saying of like, if you're not embarrassed by the like 1.0 is you ship too late or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I'm, I truly believe and I understand that like shipping is the beginning, especially if you plan on building anything long term. Like it's, it's different, I think, with a side project or something where you're not planning on making that your <laughs> career or, you know, your day to day. So it's slightly different shipping a side project, but this feels, uh, yeah, like the beginning. There's so much work to do. This is really early. 
And this is just like, okay, it has enough that people can start using and start getting familiar with the concepts and we can start validating those. So mm-hmm. it's been fun. It's been really fun. It's always fun shipping, right? Like just yeah. being then on Twitter, seeing the reaction. <laughs> so yeah, big day. What you said made me think of something that I hear artists say a lot is that when they're working on their album, it's like the songs are theirs and then the moment you release it, it's not yours anymore. It belongs to the public, the audience, the fans. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about that for apps as well, right? Where it's like, it's felt, I know there's been like people on the early access, even when it was on test flight, but like, it must have felt more like, hey, this is something that like, we really own. That's like our little thing that we're exploring within ourselves. And now more and more, you're going to have people that are like, no, like I'm using this, like I'm, you know, interacting with the community. And it's like a thing that I use in my day to day for entertainment, for connection, for like engaging with other folks folks and i think it changes the nature of the work like meaningfully and so i I think it you know totally makes sense to view that as the start of something rather than than the end because you're going to learn so much more about how people actually use use it in in practice absolutely and there's it's true with like a lot of different products the the whole thing of like after you ship then you have users who depend on the on your work and so it's like it matters like there's another sense of responsibility mm-hmm. of like especially with like any kind of tooling like other people depend on your product to do their job but i think uh this type of work now with a long it's also a slight different beast than what i'm used to which is like it's not just a tool it's also like it's a platform where creators like it's going to host their work like it's not our work mm-hmm. right like People make content, make videos, and it's their videos. So anything we do that changes that. And I mean, we're still not ready for like monetization story and stuff like for now. But once we will get there also, then like other people's like livinghood, like they depend on us as well. Like, and you see this a lot with like YouTube. Anytime YouTube changes anything, mm-hmm. like they slightly tweak the algorithm. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of people can't pay rent anymore because like, oh man, now it messed up with my revenue and stuff. So it's, yeah, there's a different thing of like hosting other people's content. And you're kind of just a a hostess, right? You're just building this for them way more than any other. Yeah, and there's an element of you need to bring all of the ingredients and put the right people in the room and make it a nice place Mm. where people want to be. But then you're not the ones having the conversations with each of the guests. Like you're not like, so people have to bring their own sort of like personalities and ideas and content into the app. And I think in the future, the reasons why people use the app are because of the content creators in there. And so they might use it in, in ways that you haven't expected. And so it's like, you're still highly responsible for creating an environment and setting the tone for what kind of content you want. But there's an element that's out of your control that's a bit of like the, we can't wait to see what you're going to do with it uh, kind of territory with this. Yeah. Of just like, who knows, right? Like, who knows where things will go? I know like TikTok, right? Started as more of like a lip sync kind of yeah. platform for where it's like... You would, musically. Yeah, where you would like lip sync over the songs. And it was just kind of slowly transitioned over into something else. And you kind of have to be flexible enough to go with the flow but also remain opinionated enough mm-hmm. to not become Twitter, basically, <laughs> where it's like they can't do anything mm-hmm. and they're 
it seems like they're at times a little scared of the audience. It's like, how do we not screw it, like make changes to this, but also not screw it up at the same time? So yeah, it'll be really interesting. And I'm like, yeah. really interested to see what the next couple of months are going to be like. <laughs> Me too. As you go through a lot of these challenges and these opportunities and like get to go through this. Because I've never, I mean, I've certainly never worked on any kind of social platform of any kind, but I don't think I've ever like known someone who would be like involved in that way in a platform like this, especially a new one mm -hmm. they're creating. So I think that's super exciting. Yeah, it is. It's still very new to me. Uh, building social, like social networks or platforms like this, especially around video, it's like you need the creators in order to like be appealing for the audience, but the creators either will jump in because that's where the audience is. And so they kind of have to, you see a lot of this like YouTubers and stuff experiment with TikTok. Cause like, well, that's where everyone is. It's the biggest thing in the planet right now, <laughs> but you can't bring the creators because when we have no audience. So like in the beginning, it's really hard to really, I think just like musically, uh, you know, TikTok in the beginning, it's not so much to do something compelling for existing creators in other platforms. It was, I mean, also that, but like create a new crop of creators, <laughs> like create a new generation, <laughs> yeah. new type of creators. Because like the OG TikTokers and probably the people who do well on TikTok, they're not trying to replicate YouTube or bring over what they've been doing somewhere else. Like you kind of find your own thing. And I think that's going to be extra important for us, like in such a crowded thing. Like we have to figure out, like I think we have pretty interesting and compelling uh, concepts and ideas. And it's like, work on those and also let it organically like change and evolve see what people do with it and what they gravitate towards and just support them uh, again tiktok was not an overnight success <laughs> i mean it was it had a different name completely different appeal and so yeah i think we're in for the long run but yeah also completely new to me like the slow burn organic growth of a product is interesting it's exciting but yeah anyway today was exciting it's like again the beginning Anyone listening to this can go to along.video. We have a new version of the website that Bryn and I worked on. You can go to along.video slash download if you want to redirect to the App Store. The App Store search is still tricky. If you search for along, you probably won't find it. Uh, so you can search for along infinite video or something. That usually helps. But anyway, because, you know, it takes a while for the search to... I don't know how that works. App Store stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so check it out. If you need an invite, reach out to me on Twitter. I might be able to hook you up. And yeah, let's, you know, again, the adventure starts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I just saw the website. It looks amazing. <laughs> so highly recommend our listeners go in and check it out. Thanks. Uh, even just for inspiration. I think it's it's really great. It's a lot. Nice work. Yeah, we think a lot of ideas. Bryn and I were just like, you know, don't say no. Like the improv thing. Like you can't say no, just yes and, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> A lot of yes ends Bryn and I on that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of ideas in there. We might need to bring it back Titch, but whatever. It's fun. It was it was a wild website for us to work on. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I really love it. This week's episode of Layout is sponsored by Zeppelin. Earlier this year, Zeppelin launched a new feature called Flows, which is a new way to communicate design intention. They built it because they noticed a trend with designers trying to explain design intentions by adding arrows and lines and shapes and extra layers to their Figma files. This, of course, makes it easy to, to edit and make changes, and then every time you update a screen uh, or add new ones or remove some, all the lines need to be redrawn. So 
Flows from Zeppelin are a fast and effortless way to create and outline user flows and journeys. Designers can use Flows to connect screens in seconds and map complete user journeys, showing not just the happy path, but all the possible paths and behaviors. All you need to do is add screens you want in a flow and then add a connector, which will snap into place to connect screens and design elements. And you can even add labels to clarify edge cases or error paths or stuff like that. As you publish new versions of your design, your flows and connectors will get updated automatically as the screens change. So how is this any different from just doing it directly in Figma? Well, the it would be a bit more time-consuming and, and harder to maintain directly in Figma. And with flows, you have additional features like your groups and boards, flow previews. Uh, like you can you can cluster and, and name a whole set of screens and flows. Like like you know name the, this this is the login path or this is the payment flow onboarding stuff like that. Boards allows you to create uh, folders or tabs and organized by specific product features or or like dev teams or you know this is for the marketing peeps or whatever um and lastly flow previews is pretty cool it's when you're looking at a, at a screen you can just hover and preview the next screen in the flow without having to you know navigate directly to it it's pretty cool uh, give them a shot um just go to zeppelin.io or if you want to be you know super thorough zeppelin.io slash features slash flows uh, we're going to provide links in, in the in the show notes so you can just click that and, and check them out it's super cool and we're so grateful for zeppelin to to come back and and sponsor layout all right now back to the show How's uh how's until just a quick update? Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, a month maybe since shipping. But any 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 updates? How's it going? Yeah, so I mean some updates. I've been like contacting a few folks on sort of the the marketing front, like a few websites and that feature apps and stuff like that. Some of them responded, some of them didn't, nice. and so we'll see. I guess like I'm like trying to plant seeds and see where they go. If any of our listeners have recommendations or ideas of folks I should reach out to, don't hesitate to let me know. I've also been working on the localization for the app, which has been honestly mm. more challenging than I thought it would be uh, to begin with. Um, Interesting. Because some of the things that I didn't realize is like, okay, it's one thing to translate the strings in the app. Okay. That's like, I translated the French version and my partner translated the, the other languages. That was relatively easy. The thing I didn't realize is, oh, for my upsell screen, I have this like 3D video <laughs> that has text in it. So now I need to like go and update like the 3D Uh-oh. version of, of that and then re-render them. Aww. It takes like... You can leave that. What? Eight hours. <laughs> Per video <laughs> to re-render and then in the bundle size no well that's the other thing yeah so i'm like i don't i still don't know exactly what i'm gonna do with that i i will only have a few languages and i, I think that like the bundle size is, is already pretty small right like it's not a very long video it's like i think under 10 second video and compressed relatively well but i was like ah, yeah what do i do a thing i could do also like probably the proper thing to do would be th- to have it like download essentially just like download off, off the internet but then do i want to like figure out hosting for the video and then doing like all of that and <laughs> yeah. then loading the screen and then it takes a second to get the video up and <sighs> so stuff like that stuff like how about the screenshots <laughs> for the app store oh i should probably yeah. also have localized screenshots 
Well, the way that I took my screenshots is I just like manually went in and took screenshots inside the app. But I don't have these events anymore because I'm actually using the real app and I don't want to like use the real content. So like, okay, I need to like go and like either set up a simulator of it. But then I'm also not the happiest about my screenshots right now. They're pretty basic screenshots. I'd like to make them nicer. I actually don't know what along screenshots look like on the App Store. I should check, uh, but... Okay. Um, <laughs> not incredible. <laughs> I'm sure they're better than mine, but I'm like, yeah, you know, everyone's doing the, this thing where, like, they add the text and stuff. I'm like, I probably should also do that mm -hmm. to some of mine to tell people about some of the features. So now I'm thinking, all right, well, if I'm going to do all this work to like have translated things, then maybe I need to like spend a bit more time there. So it's just like, it was this thing that seemed like a small, easy thing to do <laughs> and just became much more complex oh, yeah. than I thought it would be. So I'm still going to go through it, but... Hopefully it's worth it, right? Yeah, hopefully it's worth it. I mean, it'll have been fun anyways, because like, I've never translated any apps before. So having that experience, I think, is is really valuable. And then we'll see. And mm -hmm. if anything, like, it really, like, the only languages that we're translating is, like, French and, like, Chinese. And it's like, hey, our families <laughs> will be able to use my app in the language that they prefer so yeah. it's like i'm doing it more for these reasons again of like more personal reasons of just because you know the you know our families like their first language is not english then for like a real true business reason yet like i think you know the app can still grow a lot just with english like i clearly haven't saturated the market but yeah so it was a fun experience Other than that, I was like, okay, I really need to get my stuff in order for uh, lock screen widgets because that's the probably the biggest new feature in iOS 16, mm. and I need my app to take advantage of that as an app that's essentially just a widget. Uh, I really need to support these, and um, so I actually sat down a couple of days ago and I was like, all right, like let me like actually see how I can do this. I swear to God, it took me maybe five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> to make it happen nice um if you have widgets in your app it's insanely easy to support them on the lock screen okay good. it's like good to know. it's amazingly simple it's basically you just add in the supported i don't know if it's called supported families but something like supported families yeah there's like a list of like hey do you support the small medium large you just add the new accessory styles And then in your Swift view, you just do an if statement for like the different families and then render whatever view you want. And it's as easy as that. I was able to yeah, have something up and running extremely easily. Cool. And I'm not cutting off support for uh, older versions of iOS. So I'm just supporting this additionally going forward for the new versions. All right. So I was like, great. Like it was basically no work. So I was, I was pretty happy about that. So I'm hoping to be able to release that on day one when the new version of iOS 16 drops. So, yeah. Have you heard the rumor that it's been pushed, it's, it's been delayed by a month? Uh, wasn't it just for iPad? So uh, to ship with Ventura? I think that's just for iPad OS. But I've heard it was iOS and Mac OS Ventura. Oh. Maybe it's just iPad? I don't know. Maybe I misread it. Yeah, I don't know. I just saw the, the Twitter post. I didn't, I didn't click on anything. Because they need it for the new iPhone, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, my assumption is that it's just for iPad OS. Okay. And especially, I think the big thing is the stage manager that I think probably needs a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, iOS has been feeling 
relatively stable. My phone's overheating and battery life is wonky, but other than that, oh, it's been, it's been good. beta four on both my phone and my Mac have been the worst beta ever. Oh, really? Out of all of them. It's so bad. On my phone, it's bad. On the Mac, it's really bad. Mm. <laughs> well, well, you shouldn't install betas on the Mac. So I can't wait for beta five. Well, you shouldn't have installed betas on <laughs> <laughs> but on the phone i mean the phone is usable i think I do what i want the phone's fine it is usable <laughs> so um so yeah keep making progress i'm like i have more features that i'm excited to get to work on hopefully i'll get to them but i'm like okay priority number one is fit wrapping up this language stuff Priority number two is ensuring that I have my iOS 16 update ready to go. And then I'll get to work on some of the other features that I'm excited about. Look at us. So, yeah. Just working on side projects, maintaining them, keeping them going, being so productive. That's good. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I really think releasing updates to an existing app is so much easier than releasing a, a new app from scratch. <laughs> like, there's just so much. Totally disagree. Really? <laughs> so much boilerplate. Yeah. So much like stuff to deal with to just get the app out there once it's out then you know making updates and making it better is is a lot easier for me totally disagree because then you don't have the motivation at least for me like that dopamine of like shipping right it's not the same yeah 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 i mean but but when these are features you want you're like hey i just i want this to be in the app so <laughs> right <laughs> but i actually do it and then just just release it so still small features but all right you know. Making progress. Let me know if you need a beta tester for any of those. I would even change my phone to French just to try it out. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to release a beta update soon. Yeah, and I'm on 16, so I can test a widget. Cool. All right, I would really like to do recommendations now. Let's do it. So my recommendation this week is actually going to be two chargers. So I've actually <laughs> gone all in on dual USB-C chargers for my travels. Dang, look at you. Fancy. Because <laughs> it's just, I mean, there's a couple things. One, always lose the charging bricks. <laughs> like, always. Like, I don't know where okay. they go in my house. There somehow is never enough of them. <laughs> so <laughs> I constantly need to buy new ones. And just like, you know. I imagine the, like, your house, but in the upside down. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same, but just filled with chargers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty good. Like, they're not lost somewhere else outside the house. Like, we don't leave them places. It's just they're <laughs> all in the house somewhere. <laughs> like, if I just don't know where. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to buy some new ones, might as well um, jump on board with this uh, dual, these dual chargers. Why stop there? Go trio. Go trio chargers. Well, no, oh. actually, there's, in my opinion, there's a very good reason <laughs> to stop there. Okay. The chargers that have more than two USB-C ports are so much bigger, and they're like, I'm going to charge a laptop kind of chargers. Mm. And they're kind of not great laptop chargers either because they don't have the same like charging speeds as the one that would say like, would ship with my MacBook Pro, right. which you can still use them, but it's like, if I'm going to be bringing my laptop, which is not all the time when I'm traveling anyways, then I'm going to bring like that actual charger for my laptop. Otherwise, I want to have an easy dual charger for phone and watch that I can use for, you know, charging my stuff. And like, in especially in the hotel rooms, it's sometimes difficult to find two outlets yeah, totally. <laughs> that are working. Um, and so being able to just use one of them has been really nice. Apple's released one. 
two, they have a 35 watt charger, like the compact one that they released with the new MacBook Air. Oh yeah, that new one, right? Yeah, also seems nice. The challenge, it's much bigger still than a lot of like the other ones that that you can buy, like the third party companies. Um, so the one I've been getting, actually, I've like tried two of them, both from the company Spigen. Spigen? I don't know how you call it. Spigen? Hmm. Is it Spigen? Never heard of them. I'll put some links in the show notes. Okay. There's 135 watts one and 140 watts one, which I really like. And they fold up like pretty small. Ooh. Like they're essentially like a small Apple's like small bricks, but have two chargers and 40 and 35 watts. So they're really fast. You can use them with MagSafe with everything. You can charge your phone and your watch and they'll intelligently like assign the power to the different devices. Mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying them. It's been really nice for travel. So I'll put links in the show notes to both of them if you want. 35 or you want 40 watts. Both of them are pretty great. So yeah, I would recommend them. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm in need. I've, you know, with this trip, I've realized how unhappy I am with my current charger situation. (laughs) I just have that like little pouch with all my cables and chargers and bricks. But yeah, I have like a single brick for a single cable, which yeah, like it adds up. And sometimes it's like, well, I don't have enough outlets. Like, especially not on my nightstand. Either I'm staying, like, someone else's house or, like, my yep. mom's or, like, at a hotel. <laughs> so that never seems to be enough outlets for your stuff. And uh, also you get more and more stuff, right? Like, I think you're watching your phone. It's like, all right, these are essentials. Probably what would go in your nightstand. But then you have your laptop and your iPad. And in my case, like with Finn, we bring our like a baby monitor camera, which also needs another thing. And it's just there's a lot. So did you look into or considered that overpriced Apple, like, you know, the the Apple Watch and the MagSafe thing that folds? You know what I'm talking about? I forget the name. Yeah, yeah. Is it MagSafe Duo? Yeah. I've considered it, but eliminated it pretty quickly. And the reason for that, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, I actually like being able to have my phone charge and like still be able to use it at the same time, especially like when I'm on trips. Usually I'm using my phone battery a lot more. My phone's on the beta right now. So the battery drains a lot. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes like I'll get back at night and I'll be like editing pictures or something on my phone and so it's nice to be able to like hold the phone while it's charging with MagSafe. Do you prefer a cable? Oh, MagSafe. Okay. Yeah, I'm using MagSafe. Cuz I've been I've been finding myself preferring the cable just because it's so much faster to charge sometimes. Yeah, it is faster. Yeah. Um, MagSafe is still faster than than normal Qi charging, but uh but yeah, I agree. Mm. Like sometimes if you're in a pinch and you need the power immediately, then you can just plug it in. The other reason I didn't consider it is kind of for speed reasons. So for the Apple Watch, it doesn't charge the watch at the faster speed that the new watches support. It's still on the old speed, which is pretty slow. Okay. Not that I never really need the watch to be on a, like, you know, I need my watch ASAP, but it's just another reason that I, I just feel like I don't really need or want this product in my life like it just seems sure. bigger than it needs to be and so having this just seems like a nicer solution okay yeah fair enough i'll look into these i never heard of this brand yeah i think they make iphone cases and stuff and i'm also curious to see if they have like what did their european thing look because like sometimes these designs this is like 20 w- watts b- from apple and this is 40 watts <laughs> 
Dang. And it's effectively the same. Yeah. Yeah, see, okay. I'll, I'll look into it. Because I, I think the European plug design... Oh, it's so big. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's the worst, but it's one of the most inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad. Because even the UK one, which is like the biggest one, three pins and it's each pin is like so thick and it's, it's a triangle, so whatever. Even those, sometimes you can fold them in a way that the european you can hmm. anyway right cool uh i have actually i was gonna give i was gonna share two recommendations today but i don't know why i keep doing this uh, burning my recommendations <laughs> and then like sometimes some weeks i don't have one so I'll, I'll, i'm gonna stash one of these and i'm gonna recommend today the sketch one-on-one course now sketch i don't know if y'all have been following along but the sketch team has been shipping pretty fast like a lot recently and shipping with pretty well thought out and really well executed stuff like as as always i think their bar of quality is is so high for everything they do and so this this course is like an online course it's 16 video lessons around like 90 minutes long of content and it's by um joseph they're the person who like all the voiceovers and the like screencasts and tutorial videos on their team and dang i saw this like i just i was just curious to see the type of screencast and i hit play and like watched a couple of the lessons and then ended up just watching the whole thing <laughs> It was, like, so well done. Like, I tweeted this, like, as someone... I used to do sketch casts. I used to do, like, some kind of screencasts on sketch. Like, it's very close to uh, what I used to do in a, in, a, in a previous life. Yeah, right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, man, I was so impressed by the quality uh, of these screencasts. The, just the cadence, the speed. Like, it's so easy to absorb the content. And just even, like, how the subtle video editing of, like, focusing on the right thing and, like, making sure the inspector bar is always, like, visible. And anyway, mm. execution of these of this course is really well done. And even as someone who, like, I thought I knew Sketch pretty well, still learned a couple tricks. <laughs> like, just things I didn't know. Maybe they're new, like, you know, and I, I haven't used Sketch as, like, my primary tool every day for a while. So really, really well done. So if you just want to check it out because you're curious, do it. If you're someone, like, new to the industry and you're trying to learn tools and you're trying to learn Sketch, this is, dang, so good. Like, I wish I had this type of resource mm-hmm. when I was learning the tool. And at this point, like, I wish every company would do something of this type of quality for their tools because just having this resource to learn a new tool is so cool so valuable so go check it out we're gonna put links in the show notes of course it's free it's like a video thing and yeah and also check out the other blog posts like i freaking love this sketch.com it's so well done like everything about it <laughs> the docs god it's so good go check it out uh links in the show notes and congrats to the sketch team yeah and their new overlays feature seems really good too i haven't actually had a chance to try it myself but it looked really well thought through so yeah pretty nice stuff and also another shout out to the artboard templates feature still relatively new and where you can like create an artboard with whatever you want and then set that as a template so when you're like creating a new artboard you can pick that from the template which then comes pre-populated with like whatever layers you want huh so i had to test out that feature i created a bunch of templates with like a long mocks so if i just want to mock up a new view it has like the tab bar and the right masks for the view and whatever and then super convenient to just quickly create a thing you could do something very similar with symbols so create effectively an artboard symbol but then if you want to do any kind of edits on that like then you have to detach the symbol and then it's just more work so these seems like a pretty convenient feature hmm. anyway links for all this stuff in the show notes and uh yeah again congrats to the 
shout out to the sketch team for shipping good stuff all right i believe that is it for the show glad to be back and uh, everyone can find the show notes on our website that's layout.fm and uh, you can follow us on twitter at layout.fm i am at rafa hari and kevin is at vernal kick links in the show notes go check out until the app that kevin's been working on uh go check out along the app i've been working on and um brother thanks uh, once again uh to zeppelin for for coming back and sponsoring layout we're super grateful and uh, we love him for that <laughs> go check him out at um, zeppelin.io and we'll talk to you in the next one bye bye I need to turn on the fan again. Ah, I did it. I made it.